Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. Topics on today's episode include Fannie Mae's earnings, FHA and VA in the news, and my interview with Andrew Weiss about the keys to lenders successfully navigating compliance automation. Thanks to this week's podcast sponsor, Origins. Origins provides integrated origination technology solutions that transform the lending experience. Their end-to-end digital mortgage platform covers the entire lending lifecycle, from application to closing, giving lenders the ability to replace their traditional mortgage stack with a single modern platform. Or, use the modular capabilities of the platform to integrate Origins anywhere in your tech stack, wherever you need to make the biggest impact on your lending. With origination, processing, underwriting, closing, funding, and delivery under one innovative platform, lenders can achieve big results in less time and at a lower cost with Origins. As the industry digests Fannie Mae earnings announcement this morning with its $7.2 billion of net earnings in the second quarter of 2021, did you know that 79% of residential mortgage loans closed with the company that first took the application? As a lender, how are you capitalizing on that? Or, as the CFPB also tells us, the percent of survey respondents who reported applying for a mortgage through a mortgage broker increased from 2018 to 2019, from 42 to 46% for home purchase mortgages, and 30 to 38% for refinances. On the other hand, the percent of survey respondents who applied directly through a bank or credit union decreased from 2018 to 19, from 54 to 49% for home purchase mortgages, and 67 to 61% for refinances. Yes, the CFPB and FHFA released updated data from the National Survey of Mortgage Originations for our digestion. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest on employment and hirings, and lender and broker services and products, visit robchrisman.com. The Federal Housing Administration on July 30, 2021, announced an extension of its moratorium on evictions for foreclosed borrowers and their occupants through September 30, 2021, and noted the expiration of the foreclosure moratorium on July 31, 2021. This extension is part of President Biden's announcement on July 29 that federal agencies will use their authority to extend their respective eviction moratoria through the end of September, which will provide continued protection for households living in federally insured, single-family properties. FHA's eviction moratorium extension will avoid displacement of foreclosed borrowers and other occupants who need more time to access suitable housing options after foreclosure. With yesterday's announcement, mortgage servicers must continue to halt evictions for FHA single-family Title II forward and home equity conversion mortgage foreclosed properties, except for those properties that are legally vacant or abandoned. Mortgage servicers may initiate or continue foreclosures in accordance with FHA requirements once a single-family foreclosure moratorium expires as planned on July 31st, but may not evict a foreclosed borrower or other occupant. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back on the show Andrew Weiss. Andrew Weiss is Senior Vice President of Mortgage Origination Platform Strategy at Origins, overseeing long-term direction and current capabilities of mortgage products. With over 30 years' experience in the mortgage and consumer lending space, Andrew has held a wide range of strategic roles leveraging business rules, workflow, analytics, and commercial off-the-shelf solutions. He was most recently a principal at Stratmore Group and previously was COO CTO at Overture Technologies and Senior VP of Advanced Technology at Fannie Mae, overseeing the creation of Desktop Underwriter. 
Today, we're going to talk about navigating compliance automation. So compliance seems to come and go with different administrations, but whether it is in or out, why is compliance so challenging in the mortgage industry? Well, I mean, there there are a whole bunch of things, Ravi, as you know. First of all, the actual regulations don't change nearly as much, but Enforcement is the thing that changes, and that's always going to be, you know, something that's going to be dependent on things outside of our industry. Um, But given the complexity of the process, there's so many different ways. And given the complexity of the regulatory environment, uh, there's so many different rules that it is inherently uh, challenging. Uh, The other thing, and, and this is where I think, you know, I'm going to be honest about stuff, there's so many different players that we just have to admit as an industry uh, that while the vast majority are good actors, you know, not everyone is. And so we will have these, uh, you know, these needs for compliance that we're, you know, being driven to different regulatory uh, processes as we go. Um, So we have to live these processes. It's technology uh, and the technology that we use is, is pretty outdated in general. So there's a lot of complexity. Things are hard to change. It's just something that's a struggle, but it's a struggle we have to live with. Well, I'm glad you were finally honest with me. You've been on the podcast enough times where uh, I would hope hope it's that way at this point. (laughs) Always, always. Good. How are compliance needs different between day-to-day operational compliance and the inevitable compliance audits? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. everyone focuses on that compliance audit because that's the thing uh, that you're going to get penalized for if they find some some things wrong. But there's a huge difference between making sure your transactions are compliant and then collecting all that data you need uh, for those audits. Uh, So the in-flight transactions, they need to be supported by really good automated workflows you want to try to drive as much of that manual decision-making, manual process out as you can. But those business rules have to be tuned to the, this huge web of, of regulations that we just talked about. Um, the interesting part is that not every lender takes exactly the same view. The regulations are not always absolutely clear. And that's good. So you need to have some flexibility in those workflows to be able to encompass a given lender's perspective on a set of regulations. Um, the audit side, on the other hand, is just about data, massive data. Um, every transaction, how can you make sure you can count for every person who's touched it over the 30, 45, some 60 days it might take for that transaction to be in flight? How do you collect all that data? How do you have a really flexible way to research issues, understand the compliant risks over time so you can tune uh, your own operation before you get to an audit and they tell you what you're doing wrong? And you, you talk about all this data that lenders should have. What should lenders be doing to prepare for those audits in addition to having all the data on hand? Well, I think you certainly want to be looking at that data and evaluating your own processes before you get to the audits. Uh, so you want to take that data and look at them, have a really good compliance team look at them. Um, it's funny, usually on these podcasts, I've been the one saying, we don't want those checkers checking on the checkers, but there's some cases where that's actually a real value. So 
Uh, this is one. I think the other thing you want to do is you really want to be able to run through the variety of transactions with an eye towards compliance before you put them into full operation. Uh, so as you're changing things, as things are being known, make sure there's someone with a compliance perspective who's taking a look at those things. Um, I think most lenders are doing that now, but it's, you know, it's under the press of time, compliance usually uh, or frequently gets left to the, to the back. And, and you need to make sure that it's built into the core of what you're doing uh, rather than strapped on the outside, if you will. And it's convenient origins as a technology vendor because isn't compliance all about the system a lender has chosen? <laughs> yeah, I wish, right? Of course, technology oh, has a huge part in this. I don't in any way want to diminish that. Um, but there's so much more. The business process is really critical. Um, on others of these podcasts, I've talked about that integration between the technology and the business process. And there's nothing that shows that more than compliance, because that's really where it comes together. That interaction between what people do uh, and then the system that supports what they do and effectively limits what they do to make sure they can't manufacture a loan that's out of compliance. Um, the other thing that you know everyone's up on is training, right? There's a lot of training that has to go into it. You want to reduce the need for people to remember how to do a compliant loan. But on the other hand, they have to be aware of all the different pitfalls and how that works within their system. Um, so you need both the process and the technology. You need people to be trained how to use that process and technology to its best effect. I've been hearing a lot about AI in the mortgage industry. Isn't that the technology solution to compliance? Uh, yeah, I wish. Um, you know, first of all, a, you, you use the two letters AI and, uh, you know, you ask 100 people what AI is and you'll get 150 different answers. Um, so it's so many things to so many people. Um, in the mortgage industry, the most common use of AI is really to help with documents and document handling. And it's really, AI is really machine learning. Can the machine learn where certain data are on those documents? And while the documents are clearly a significant part of that process, they're really not the major part of making sure that you manufacture a compliant loan. Um, so I think that you know AI is probably not going to be the answer. It doesn't mean that there isn't a role for AI. I think a lot of that sort of expert system learning patterns uh, can be used uh, to make sure your processes are good. And also to look at that data we talked about relative to audits to see if there are issues. Um, but I think, you know, there's no silver bullet to this compliance uh, problem that we're all in the middle of. It's something that we just have to deal with in a very multifaceted way. So when we talk about compliance, the industry has been living with TRID for over six years now. Do you think compliance will go away in the mortgage industry? you think it will proliferate? What, where do you see it moving from here? Well, I mean, good question. I certainly hate to uh, predict the future. I, I'm, I love the old uh, uh, Yogi Berra line. I think the line is roughly uh, predictions are tough, particularly when they're about the future. And so it's really hard to say. <laughs> um, and I think that, 
we're always going to live in a regulated industry. Uh, if you think about the, the trillions of dollars that are potentially flowing through the mortgage industry every year, it's always going to be regulated. We have to be uh, ready. I think we also uh, want to ensure that as an industry, we are being fair in our lending practices and, and focused on you know, consumer benefit to the degree possible. Um, so those are values that I think you know, we all hope to achieve. Uh, but we're going to have to make sure that we can demonstrate that we're achieving them. Um, so compliance, regulatory stuff, it's with us. It's going to be with us forever. Um, as a technology vendor, as you mentioned before, our role is to make it easier to manufacture a compliant mortgage than it is uh, to avoid, if you will, those constraints that uh, compliance places on us. We want to make that real simple and real easy. And so it's not so much that compliance is going to go away. I think it's always going to be there. Uh, but I think that what we can do as an industry is make sure that it's very simple and smooth to be in compliance. And that way it won't feel like this huge burden we're carrying around. There's been an, a tendency, which is understandable, to sort of bolt compliance onto the outside of the transaction, of the workflow, of the process. And I think the more as an industry, we can make sure that it's built in, then the more it's not going to be something that really we're forced to do. Um, now, of course, as an industry, we should be involved in the making of those regulations, make sure that it makes sense, make sure that they're able to be operationalized. Uh, but fundamentally, if we recognize the basic need for those regulations, we can figure out how to fold them into the way we do work. And compliance shouldn't be such a burden. Okay, how about this? And it may be counterintuitive to your business proposition there, but are there steps as an industry we can take to make compliance go away? I don't think that compliance is ever going to go away. I think that the more as an industry we demonstrate uh, we're doing right by our customers, uh, then perhaps the less focus there is going to be um, but given the complexity of the transaction uh, and given uh, the, the trillions of dollars that are flowing through the pipes, I don't believe compliance is ever going to go away. I appreciate the insight and uh, I, look, I look forward to uh, having you back on. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Robbie. Yikes. How about them rates? Treasuries rallied yesterday and agency mortgage-backed securities tagged along as PMIs from China and the Eurozone reflected a slowdown in the pace of growth. It may be a good time to call those borrowers on the fence about locking. In Washington, Governor Brainerd said she's inclined to use regulatory tools to head off financial excesses and more willing to adopt a central bank digital currency than current Fed Chair Powell, as many believe President Biden will make a choice between the two in February. Turning to today, the Mortgage Bankers Association's latest forbearance and call volume survey revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance decreased by one basis point to 3.47% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior week as of July 25th. According to MBA's estimate, 1.74 million homeowners are in forbearance plans. Later this morning, Briggs Redbook same-store sales and June factory orders. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse a tick or two, and the 10-year yielding 1.19 after closing yesterday at 1.17%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A local charity had never received a donation from the town's banker, 
so the director made a phone call. Our records show you make $500,000 a year, yet you haven't given a penny to charity, the director began. Wouldn't you like to help the community? The banker replied, Did your research show that my mother is ill? With extremely expensive medical bills? Um, no, humbled the director. Or that my brother is unemployed? Or that my sister's husband left, leaving her broke with four kids? I, I had no idea. So, said the banker, if I don't give them any money, why would I give any to you? <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Origins. With the Origins Mortgage Platform, you can offer your borrowers and loan officers a truly modern mortgage lending experience. Discover the mortgage platform designed to evolve and scale with a rapidly changing lending landscape. Visit origins.com today. That's O-R-I-G-E-N-C-E dot com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.